0: Welcome to Common Thread, a podcast series produced by and for alumni of the College of St. Benedict. The topic for this podcast is why a women's college. The inspiration for this podcast is a statement made by an alum. Quote, "I would not be the woman I am today if I had not gone to the College of St. Benedict." End of quote. As alumni of CSB, we women have each had the privilege of attending a women's college. In this podcast, we consider the unique nature of women's colleges from two perspectives. We explore current research findings on women's colleges that make it clear how important and relevant women's colleges are today and how graduates benefit from their experience at a college for women. These significant research findings are amplified by personal testimonies of Benny women. We will hear their voices as they reflect on their personal experience as women at CSB, the ways the experience affected their lives and their satisfaction with their experience. You will hear that they see themselves as better, stronger, more caring, independent, confident, and capable as a result of their experience at CSB, a women's college. In developing this podcast, we were blessed with a wealth of resources. Catherine enger Enke, class of 2005, who graduated with a degree in history and a minor in mathematics, conducted her PhD research at the University of Minnesota While serving as Chief of Staff to President Mary Dana Hinton at CSB, she has continued her research and publications on women's colleges. She provided a framework of the key research findings for this podcast. Personal testimonies on how their experiences at CSB mattered were provided in interviews with Jo Beth Ranfrens, 1980, Corey Berry, 1987. Joy Polad Jansen, 2010. Madison Armstrong, 2012. Leah Ranta, 2015. Caitlin Ludlow Broback, 2017. And Claire Baker, 2019. Each of the podcasts in the Common Thread series has been grounded in one of the Benedictine values. In this podcast that looks at the overall experience of women's colleges, and particularly at the College of St. Benedict experience, the Benedictine value that predominates is living in community. In describing their experience at CSB, a Benedictine women's college, Bennys repeatedly described how living in community was the unifying characteristic of their college experience. In her memoir, Jill Kerr Conway, former president of Smith College wrote, I loved the lively, noisy sense of ownership Smith women displayed about the campus. I'd like to listen to the spontaneously raised voices of students chaffing one another in the heated rivalry generated by intramural athletic contests i'd spent many years on coeducational campuses without hearing women's voices raised in unself-conscious ownership of place and event the noise level at smith was the sound of women in charge in her master's thesis at the university of minnesota Emily Gasperlin, 2013, observes, this quote captures the sense of empowerment and camaraderie that seems to be a common feature of women's colleges and universities around the world. She cites a 2018 article in The Guardian. Women's colleges help their students have the confidence to go out into the world, a world not yet equitable for them and claim it as their own. Research indicates the engagement and mentoring that women receive from faculty, particularly female faculty, plays a critical role in supporting graduates to go on to leadership roles in the workplace. Educated, empowered women also use their skills to contribute to progress in meeting social, economic, and political needs. They speak up for causes they believe in. Emily had the pleasure of interviewing Katherine Enke to learn more about the current research on women's colleges, as well as to hear about Catherine's own experiences.
1: Drawing on both your research and your own experience as a student and alumna of a women's college, how would you answer the question, why attend a women's college? I think that the
2: fact that St. Ben's is a college for women is not the deciding factor in the minds of most incoming students. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be one of the most transformational aspects of their years here. But as I think back to myself as an 18 year old, I know that I wasn't that thoughtful about what it meant to go to a women's college. Of course, the original mission of women's colleges was to provide access to education for women at a time when the broader higher education landscape was not open to women. It was designed for and open only to men and particularly only white men. Uh, Now that women have much broader access to higher education, I think it's more about an opportunity for an education that centers you in your wholeness as a woman. So it's not so much about going to a college that's only women, but it's about going to a college that's particularly focused on the development and the needs of women. So there are lots of important reasons why I think
1: that matters today. Let's get more specific. How is the women's college experience different?
2: Um, women's colleges nurture and challenge women in a way that many co-educational institutions do not. At St. Ben's in particular, I think of the vision of the college to create critical thinkers and courageous leaders and passionate advocates, that is really something unique to women and the types of skills that we think women need to develop to be successful in the world. Obviously, lots of kinds of institutions could nurture and challenge women, but I think women's colleges particularly do that well. There are lots of studies that show that women's colleges achieve excellent outcomes for students, and particularly for those who are less well served by higher education more generally. So particularly for first-generation college students, women of color, and low-income students. So that's one good reason to attend a women's college today. I think too that national research pretty clearly shows that women's college grads report higher degrees of satisfaction. Women who go to women's colleges tend to say that they had a really good experience there. And at St. Ben's in particular, 96% of alumni rate their experience as good or excellent and over 90% report that they would choose St. Ben's again. So even if going to a women's college isn't a deciding factor for incoming students, alumni are looking back at their experience and realizing how impactful and positive it was for them later in life.
0: Caitlin, Madison, Joe, Beth, and Claire reflect on how their women's college experience promoted growth and change in their lives. You know, I am very lucky that I recognize that my
3: women's college experience is so transformative to me the entire time, and now as an alum. Um, and to be honest, I feel like a lot of my girlfriends, when being going to a women's college wouldn't be the first thing that they said that would, that impacted them being so successful and like wonderful people now. That being said. I feel like if I like talked to them more about it and said, actually, well, what made you think this? What made you do this at St. Ben's? It would all come down to the fact that they were surrounded by women, were able to build those relationships and communities at St. Ben's and had different opportunities that they might not have had at other colleges. But again, when you get down to like the women's beliefs, Benny's beliefs, how they live their lives, how they feel empowered, I really think it comes down to those experiences they had at our women's college.
4: I think what stands out to me the most is just the growth and maturity that I found and the confidence that I found in myself in those four years. I do think like thinking of the question earlier of like what were you like at 18 compared to 22 when you graduated is like a completely different person. Both I mean many of the same personality traits and all that like I think I said I was excited both times for like what comes ahead and what's next but I think just like finding my confidence and finding my voice and realizing what I value um, as a person and professionally and like how how that will impact my life and how to advocate for those things, for those values. And I think I'm still working on that but I think that's kind of where I discovered how important those values are
1: to me.
0: I think that because it's a college for women we
2: have a deeper community and we have a deeper connection than just being women at a state college or women at, mm-hmm. even at St. Olaf, or mm-hmm. because you, you're immersed you're right. in your woman and sisterhood. I've, I've said, embrace the sisterhood, because you're not going to get that in your regular life when you get beyond that. And there's power in women's voices.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And so embrace that.
5: Um, and then my times at St. Ben's, from the beginning, it was an amazing experience. There were highs and lows like any other college experience, but there's more highs than lows. And I grew from those lows like no other, and it made me into the woman I am today, which I'm very, very proud of. Um, And I feel like St. Ben's has totally shaped someone who is able to stand up for what she believes in, who is able to kind of push the boundaries a little bit, respectively, and um, also to have a determination and a passion to do anything and everything that I set my mind to, even things that I didn't even think were even possible, Um, especially with track um, and being so close to the school record, being within 12 centimeters. I never would have thought starting my career as a student-athlete at St. Ben's that I'd be even near, potentially, breaking a school record, Um, and so that's something that really kind of expanded my mind in a much different set that, that, like, even if you don't have your eyes on something, it's definitely possible and obtainable no matter what.
6: The warm weather we are having is perfect for relaxing outside with a good book. Kick your feet up, relax, and connect with other Bennies by joining the CSB Alumni Online Book Club. The best part? It's completely online, so you won't even need to leave your house. Online means more time to finish the book and engage in awesome conversation. Registration is always open, so join in the discussion anytime.
1: These voices all speak about growth, maturity, and emerging as a person. Self-confidence appears to be key. What does research tell us about how women's colleges affect self-confidence?
2: I think women's college grads have more self-confidence, and research has has really shown that women tend to underestimate their abilities and to have less self-confidence than men. So it's a really important role of women's colleges to change that. In a, in a national survey, women's colleges received higher ratings for effectiveness than both co-ed private colleges and major public universities in helping women be prepared for their first job, develop self-confidence and initiative, and learn to solve problems and make decisions. So women are not only more high achieving after they attend a women's college, but they believe more in their skills and they're able to translate those skills into the workplace. Obviously women's colleges provide strong female role models. And I think for me as a student at a women's college, that's the thing that I noticed most. I noticed that women were leading the college that I was attending, women were elected to student government, women were excelling on the athletic fields and in the classroom and that's something that again could happen in a co-educational setting but all too often women's voices are silenced um, by their male counterparts in a co-educational environment.
0: Here's what Claire, Caitlin, Corey, and Madison have to say about what happens when you develop self-confidence.
5: I think because living on a campus where you've got women surrounding you, um, it allows for you each to kind of come out of your comfort zone a little bit um, and to open up your doors literally and figuratively um, to let others in and when you let others in you are able to see a lot broader perspective of the world and of what's going on around you and i think that um coming from st ben's um i've learned just to be just to be more to be more firm and confident in in who i am and what i stand for
7: yeah
5: and i think that, that definitely has come through from st ben's when i was at st ben's it
3: was amazing and incredible, and I could not have imagined not being at a women's college. Now as an alumna, it is crazy to me. I feel like the confidence that I feel going into a room, leading a meeting, leading a project, doing doing any sort of um, leadership role in my organization, um, just the confidence I feel knowing that I'll make mistakes because everybody does, but um, knowing that I'm there and I... I think back to those three years that I was on a wonderful leadership role for me on the St. Ben's Senate and thinking back to those years saying, okay, I was able to do this at this time as a student when I really feel like I didn't really know anything thinking about it now, you know, I thought you think the the smallest things are like the hugest deal back then, <laughs> which they're not anymore, but um, but still those experiences have brought, brought you to where you are today, of course. So. Um, you know, I feel like as an alumna, I'm able to have such confidence in my leadership abilities and skills, um, knowing that I have a different perspective and a different um, ability than the person next to me, whether they're male, female, um, non-gender conforming, anything, you know, they, they have different lived experiences, they have different college experiences, but I know what I bring to the table as a Benny and as someone who was Um, a woman leader on my campus, that I was able to lead many different types of people. I feel really confident going in and being able to do that with a bunch of other different types of people now in different organizations. So um, it's something I really feel every single day when I'm in my role at work.
8: I mean, when I graduated after the four years of introspection, um, confidence building, I mean, I graduated much more ready to take on the world and I had a good, healthy relationship with a a gentleman who also knew how to support finding balance with your friends and time and, and also took care of your friends as it turns out, took care of everyone and, but made that a priority, like made me a priority, which was such a different dynamic, um, and so I walked out of St. Ben's, a pretty confident young woman who had a great job lined up in an industry that was pretty male dominated at the time, but loved the challenge of that. It means you walk into the workforce with a very different headset. Um, and you're not afraid to push on some of those issues. Mm-hmm. And like the first time someone called me a girl, I just flat out said, I'd prefer to be called a woman. I've, I've at least, earned, my age would say I've earned that if nothing else. Um, so it, you just walk in with with that mm-hmm. stature. And then I think, you know, to who I am now, I give a lot of credit, and I do so very publicly, to my liberal arts education at St. Ben's as shaping um, the ability to have the kind of, I'm going to call it confidence that's required in order to take on a role like this in particular. But lots of other roles in between, too. Um, that, it is incredibly formative. And there's three main attributes of it that's a Um, informs who I am. One is having the strength as a woman to talk about being a woman and women's issues and like embrace that and feel like it's okay. The second is really a liberal arts education, which meant you weren't just structurally trained in your trade. You were trained to think, genuinely think critically, to think across Mm -hmm. issues um, that for me was really important and then the third is building a network of people who also want you to be successful and are there for you no matter what Mm -hmm. and without any of those three there's no way I end up being who I am today.
4: I value I think just like the passionate community of women that just have such varying interests and desires and passions for the world and how everybody can can come together in a community that feels really inclusive and welcoming. Um, I don't know, it was really cool to just be a part of a, a women's college that made everybody feel so strong and feel so capable of doing anything and overcoming anything. So I think I just value that, and I value that even after I've graduated, that, still, that feeling still feels really strong within me, and I still feel really proud to be part of that community. And I just feel really... Um, like honored to still come to events like this or something where it's like we're still want they still want us to be included in this amazing college and that's what makes it so special is that the community like really
1: you never leave it even after you've graduated Catherine, what do we know about the achievements of women's college graduates
2: according to national studies women's college grads are really high achieving um, when compared to female graduates of coeducational colleges, women women's college grads are more likely to earn doctoral degrees, they're more likely to attend medical school, they attain higher positions in their careers, they earn higher incomes, they're more likely to be philanthropic. All of those are the kinds of outcomes that we want for ourselves and that we want for women in our society. When we look to Uh, Women in politics, women in business, so many of them are women who attended women's colleges, and I think there's a real reason for that.
0: Corey and Caitlin comment on how attending a women's college affected their professional careers.
8: Thinking critically, Leading courageously and advocating passionately. Those those, like, those like behaviors are actually what you learn there. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize you're learning. It's not like there's a class where we're going to teach you how to do these three things. It is genuinely how you end up living your life. And that uh, was very eye-opening for me 20 years later. That is the backbone of what's yeah. made me, at least in my life, what's made me successful, uh, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, there's just a lot of joy in college. But really having that backbone and being able to take that into the workforce, I think set me apart.
3: Yeah, so in a lot of ways, I'll start by saying that um, I definitely would not be where I am with my career personally, really anything without um, the St. Ben's community. So I would say the main thing that I took away from St. Ben's is that there's a lot of people and a lot of women specifically that are going through similar things as you. So to me, that is something that really builds a community and is the foundation of a community, knowing that other people are, you know, just experiencing things similar to you, but are also experiencing it in their own ways. So like myself as a white woman, I experience a lot of different things, especially with my Benny experience, differently than my um, friend of color or differently than someone who may be coming from across the country, um, you know, different things like that. So I think Having that experience at St. Ben's and meeting different women from so many different places and backgrounds and different lived experiences definitely set me up to be able to understand other people in life.
6: In this new climate of social distancing, the Alumni Relations Office is looking for your feedback on how to host this year's Benny Day. Provide your feedback by clicking on the survey linked in the July Benny Blast.
1: Do you think we still need women's colleges today?
2: As research tells us more about how women grow and how they learn and as society's expectations of and for women broaden, as our understanding of gender as a construct is unveiled, um, as the Me Too movement exposes the ugliness that women face in our world, all of that calls women's colleges to do and be something slightly different. And um, again, it's not just that a woman's college is about a place only for women, it's about a place that centers women. And that means that women's colleges must change over time as women's lives change and what they need changes.
0: Leah, Caitlin, Corey, and Joy share their thoughts about the continuing need for women's colleges
7: there's not a lot of other colleges out there where you're going to have so many positive female role models surrounding you. So, there's so many places in the world, um, the media or particular cities or globally, where women are not seen as a voice of power. They're not in leadership roles. They don't have a lot of courage. Maybe even in the household, they're not allowed to. Um, And you're going to see that everywhere you go, but not at St. Ben's. You have four years where you're surrounded by colleagues and mentors that are women who are just breaking barriers left and right. They're such confident women in whatever field it is that they're passionate about. So they might not be good at everything, but all of a sudden you run into a female and that one's so intelligent, she's so good at what she does, or the next one is so athletic, or the next one is such a leader, and everywhere you go you find someone who has that. And spending four years of seeing female leadership around you makes you feel confident to say I can be one of those women and so I don't know if I would have had the confidence following graduation if I didn't have those kind of role models surrounding me um, to do what I do
3: today. One thing that I another thing that I feel like. I would not have experienced if I didn't go to a women's college and had that community is seeing women in a lot of different leadership roles. Um, You know, I my freshman year, I had or first year had a different president, but Mary Dana Hinton came in my sophomore year. Um, And being on the St. Benson, and at the time I was on the golf team as well, I had a lot of um, opportunities to talk to her and actually get to know her. And luckily we all love Mary and she's perfect in every way. So, (laughs) you know, she naturally um, was just so welcoming, but being able to see a woman and even as a white woman seeing a woman of color in the leadership role that she was, was very transformative to me. And at the time, I was, I remember just being so mesmerized by the way she spoke, how put together she was in in every aspect, you know, and, but naturally put together, you know, that might sound silly, but she was very real. She was very honest, yet, I feel like she just naturally had such good leadership abilities. Um, So seeing her in that role combined with um, you know our vice presidents, the professors, I just feel like I was really surrounded by um, women who were in leadership roles that subconsciously told me that I could be in those roles someday. Um, And that's something that you know, If I would have been at, uh, I'll say more co-ed, because of course we interact a lot with St. John's too, but if I would have been in a true co-ed college and um, maybe have, would have seen a male college president, I don't think that I would have so early on in my career and my life thought that that's what I wanted to do for my career Um, because right now I'm in higher ed and that is my goal and and I would love to lead a college someday. would love to lead St. Ben's (laughs) but um, but that's definitely my goal and that is why you know I, I truly attest that to seeing women in those leadership roles and you know I do feel like I would have figured that out and I would have you know, seen women in other leadership roles in my life, but being able to see that so early on and experience that and watch them lead in such a wonderful way um, was really transformative to me.
8: It's such an amazing asset, and we do not, and I say it all the time on the board, we do not lift up enough. I agree. The the platform we create for women mm-hmm. to feel safe and energized. And by safe, I don't mean physically safe. Safe, I mean, um, you have room to just talk about what it's like to be your version of a woman. Mm-hmm. You're not speaking on behalf of all women everywhere, like whatever, but there's a lot of space to just feel okay talking about being a woman. And um, that's not taught. That isn't, mm-hmm. in, there's no other school structure that teaches that in the way St. Ben's done because it's it's both overt, meaning there are classes and we have discussions, but it's also, um, it's, it's more hidden ways, you know, dorms full of women Um, student senates run by women. Um, It just, you go to the lunchroom and cafeteria and it's all women. Part of what St. Ben's does for women to help
9: them find their place in the world is in some ways, um, we are sheltered at St. Ben's from realizing that we will come up against Adversity, like in the workplace, for example, because at St. Ben's, as a women's college, even in conjunction with St. John's, you see from the top down at the president down, women in leadership roles, women in these roles, and so you don't even realize at certain points that you're going to come up against like, how am I going to still think cri- or think critically uh, lead courageously and advocate passionately in a world where men wouldn't want me to do that and I think that's what makes us good at doing it afterwards is after college is for four years we don't necessarily realize and certainly there's things that come up I'm not saying we live in a bubble but we are in this world that is supporting us as number one as women as number one and so when we get to the workplace um, or we get into a volunteer situation or whatever it might be where we are experiencing pushback um, from men or, or even from other women for that matter, we are better prepared to advocate for ourselves because we saw it done every single day at St. Ben's and we didn't even have to fight for it in the way that we will have to afterwards. So it's like... By isolating us as women, or not isolating, that's a bad word, but by kind of um, putting us together as women, we come out stronger after college. Mm-hmm. My friends to mentors and supervisors and professors are president right now. I mean, everyone that I came across brought something to the table and impacted my life in some way, big uh, you know. for some people, small for others. Uh, but yeah, it has to be the people. St. Ben's finds the best people, brings out the best in people, and creates the best people. And actually just today I was talking to three of my colleagues who are all women. Uh, we all four went to different colleges. Uh, two went to public colleges. One also went to a liberal arts college in Iowa. But when, you know, when each of us were talking about our different college experience, I just said, like, St. Ben's made me, like, better, brighter, bolder in every single way. Like, I... getting choked up again. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I'm a better person because of St. Ben's. Like, I care more about people. I care more about places... It's just <laughs> yeah it's made me better.
3: The word community was thrown out a lot and for the right reasons because we have a wonderful community and a lot of things that build that but something that I didn't realize that would happen as I was at St. Ben's and then after graduation as well is that because I was in such a wonderful community who full of people who actually cared about you I was learning subconsciously how to build a community myself so You know, I, that's not something I would have ever told you if I was a student right now, I would have never realized that I was, you know, gaining the skills to create community in my future job or my future family or within my friend groups. But that's something that I took away from a women's college because, because you're surrounded by so many people that have so many similarities yet have different experiences and have different, um, lived thoughts and feelings, then you're able to really realize that that community, um is something that's really empowering. And I think being able to go through that experience, being in a place with just those wonderful values and everything too, um, really has taught me how to bring that into other aspects of my life. Um, Like I said, whether it's my job or my family or um, my in-laws or my uh, friend group that are predominantly Benny's right now. Um, So those were were some wonderful things that definitely came out of my St. Ben's experience.
2: So I think where I stand now, my current perception of St. Ben's as a women's college boils down to this. A college for women must change and evolve as women's roles and expectations change and expand. A college for women must enable women to think more, do more, and be more than they previously thought possible. A college for women must support women in the ways that they need supporting in that historical moment. A college for women must acknowledge that women are not some monolithic group with exactly the same needs. Women are diverse in their backgrounds, their needs, their expectations and aspirations. And a college for women has to be on the forefront of questioning and expanding society's expectations about gender as a meaningful social construct. I believe that the ideal for a higher education would be that women's colleges were not necessary. But until we get to that, I hope that women's colleges can be on the forefront of asking questions about stereotypes about women, about expectations for women and their roles in society and in the home, and to help push us um, to do and be something different.
6: Applications are now open through August 15th for St. Ben's Benny Mentor Program. The program was created to foster an exchange of ideas, friendship, and expertise between alumni young and old. Participants enjoy excellent opportunities to build their personal and professional networks through informal and formal exchanges with other Bennys. It is an alum-to-alum mentor program. Today, there
1: are about 36 women's colleges remaining in the United States when once there were a few hundred. As you said, Catherine, we hope there's a day when women's colleges are no longer necessary in our society, but we're not there yet. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges facing women's colleges today?
2: Honestly, I think the biggest challenge for women's colleges is this narrative of decline. Um... As you pointed out, over the past 60 years, 85% of women's colleges have closed or merged with another institution or gone co-ed. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, I think some of them are happy reasons. The the women's movement achieved some of its goals. Um, There's now much greater opportunity for women in higher education in all kinds of sectors. Um, Men's colleges open their doors to women for financial and social reasons. Um, There are more state universities now than there were 50 or 60 years ago, which serve a broader section of the population in general. I think the, the closure of so many women's colleges is a signal that women's colleges were not very well resourced in the first place. Um, many of these institutions were and are tuition dependent and affordability is a real issue for many of the students who attend these campuses. So they are operating on a very slim budget to begin with. Often the the graduates of these institutions, um, if they had wealth, that wealth was controlled by their husbands. So philanthropy was a challenge for many women's colleges. That is changing today as women live longer than men, as women are more likely to share in financial decisions for their family or even be the primary decision makers. Certainly we're seeing greater opportunities for women's philanthropy and women are taking that responsibility very seriously and they are, they are excellent givers. I think for Catholic colleges in particular, I mean, we relied as a sector on unpaid labor by uh, sisters and women religious. And so as women religious uh, declined in numbers, that wonderful resource for these institutions dwindled. And so that's another reason why many women's colleges were not able to persist. I think too, that there's a continued bias against women's colleges as a second tier option for higher education. There's this idea that women's colleges were needed because women couldn't get into the good places, right? And what that narrative covers over is that these women's colleges that remain are the good places for women to go to college. And in fact, Harvard that also achieves excellent outcomes may not serve women as well as it serves men because it was not historically designed to serve the needs of particular women. So I think combating that narrative of decline is probably the biggest challenge facing women's colleges today. I think there's an excellent narrative of opportunity if, if you're paying attention to counter those negative aspects. There's the story of outcomes. You know, Women's college grads are immensely successful, and that's true not just historically, but also in the current moment. I think that the story about women coming from disadvantaged backgrounds being extremely well served is really important. The story of transgender women and out lesbian students who are continually marginalized in our society and in higher education, finding a voice in women's colleges is really important. And and women's colleges globally continue to educate hundreds of thousands of students
7: every year.
2: So there's not just a role for women's colleges in the United States, but across the world as well where the role of women may be more tenuous than it is in the United States, where religious beliefs may circumscribe women's behaviors in ways that it doesn't often in the United States, um, where women do not find uh, a campus climate in general that is welcoming to them, and where they are not empowered in large numbers in their society. So there's also this, this, symbolic role of women's colleges as a worldwide need to ensure that women across, uh, across the world have the same opportunities that women do in the United States
1: at this time. Catherine, you speak so eloquently and passionately about this topic. I really appreciate your time and expertise. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? But one thing that I've been
2: thinking a lot about that wasn't in any of the questions that you posed to me was about the role of a men's university in fostering, uh, in fostering women's empowerment and women's development, and I think a lot of the things I said about women's colleges and their benefit
7: for um,
2: for loosening gender stereotypes is also important for men's universities, not only for men's universities to help men develop healthy relationships and healthy ideas about, um, about their role in society, but also in educating men to be feminists, in educating men about their responsibility to unpack their privilege as men and to elevate the voices of women. And I, there aren't very many men's institutions left. I think that's a niche for those that are remaining. How can, how can men's universities turn away from this uh, masculine ideal, and instead turn towards something that is more empowering of all people in society. And I hope that, that we at St. Ben's and St. John's are able to grow into that perspective of being two colleges that are for women, even as one is a women's institution and one is a men's institution. As an alum, I hold really high expectations, both for St. Ben's and for St. John's in partnership with St. Ben's. And um, I I hope they rise to that occasion.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this podcast on women's colleges. In the coming year, the College of St. Benedict with St. John's University will be actively engaged in planning and executing significant organizational changes. But the one thing that will not change is that the College of St. Benedict will continue to be a Catholic Benedictine college for women.
1: Common Thread is produced by the Alumni Connections Committee, a part of the St. Ben's Alumni Board. Common Thread will be released quarterly, so tune in for a new episode in a few months. Music for this podcast was composed and performed by Michelle Isaac, class of 2014. Thank you to all of the alumni featured in this episode. Joe beth Ranfrance, class of 1980. Corey Berry, class of 1997. Katherine Anger Anke, class of 2005. Joy Poland Jansen, class of 2010. Madison Armstrong, class of 2012. Leah Ranta, class of 2015. Caitlin Ludlow Brobeck, Class of 2017, and Claire Baker, Class of 2019. This episode of Common Thread was produced and edited by Sigrid Hutchison, Class of 1959, Emily Gasperlin, Class of 2013, and Allison Ware, Class of 2019, with support from Amy Anderson, Assistant Director of Alumni Relations at St. Ben's, and Alex Nellis, St. John's Class of 2020.